Welcome to part two of two of an unscripted ramble between Fear Ward and Nameless Narcissist being brought to you now for the low, low price of absolutely fucking nothing. Listen soon while supplies last. Since I started my YouTube channel and my other social media and stuff, that had been that has been like my goal from the get-go of I want us all to be able to understand each other better. Because it's exactly. like because it's like I'm not because yeah, I'm teaching people how to fucking understand how a narcissist thinks. I don't know how the fuck they think though, or why. And it's funny because I would go into in my early days, I would make a video and I'd be like, no, this is normal. Like everybody thinks like this. This is gonna be a stupid video. And then people are like, what the fuck? What do you mean, dude? <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> and it's, I think it's like a great way having those kind of conversations is an amazing way to be able to, uh, well, one, it's just interesting. And two, just actually be able to engage with people at a deeper level. Um, yeah, or at least I mean, as deep just, as I am capable of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just tell people that you told a joke at a funeral and people didn't laugh and it's like, oh, you don't do that. <laughs> my uncle once said that it was my great grandpa's funeral. And he said, um, he said, I put the fun in funerals. And I thought that was the plummiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the church band comes out and he like does a little rock and roll hand sign. It's like, yeah, rock on. Oh, that's fucking glorious. I'm like, no. And rest in peace, Grandpa, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's, that's beautiful. It's a celebration of life. Um, my hat's off to that, man. Okay, I'm going to take just a slight pause here, just so we okay. can actually do a fucking proper intro. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, that's probably important. <laughs> just because we should. And then we we could just keep on shooting the shit. I had an idea for this, and that's just out the fucking way. I was like, didn't he have like a list of things we're going to talk about? <laughs> it's, it's gone. You know what? Like, maybe we'll come to it after, like, you know, we put on our formal shirts and, you know, introduce right. the pot or whatever. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll like at the very end we'll spend like five minutes doing like fucking bullet points of, of all those questions exactly okay all right welcome everybody to pd raw with your host fuel ward this time i would love to say that this is a fresh introduction but i've just been over here having a blast with our current guest the nameless narcissist we're recording this halfway into the episode we'll throw it at the beginning and cut it so that it makes sense uh thank you everybody for showing up and thank you nameless narcissist how you doing bud well thank you for having me and honestly i think you should just leave the intro here right? <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> Make a little thing for the beginning that says, like, <laughs> it's like if you want to listen to the intro, go to 54, 50 minutes and uh, you listen to it and come back to the beginning. All right. So now this is going to happen. The proper intro that we just went for is going to be an Easter egg in the middle of the recording. <laughs> <laughs> that could be like a little game. Like, that should be like the title of the episode. Like, can you find the intro? <laughs> We, oh, god. oh my god this is actually a red herring intro we're gonna have the real one even later <laughs> don't tell me that he's gonna do it how many, how many intros can we have in this podcast oh, okay fuck. so now we should have done we should have done the outro at the beginning now god damn yeah, I, <laughs> opportunity missed we'll see because we can still order things around but now i want to do like at least two more intros and then just have the title be introception. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm, and I love the idea of like it doesn't like in the title it just doesn't even mention that I'm here, so it's just, people just like come in just like really confused. Like who the fuck is, what, nameless? What the fuck what is happening? So to the oh, audience yeah. who's trying to figure out what the fuck we're having so much fun with, uh, maybe this is an introduction to disordered thinking. These are the types of things that just occupies our mind that we think are funny as fuck, which. Uh, regular people might find alienating or they're just like, these guys are being really fucking weird about it. And this is just how we do. I I don't know what to tell you. And I feel no, well, okay. I was about to say, I feel no need to just explain myself, but if somebody was like, that's not funny, I would feel such a need to explain myself. So I took that. <laughs> yeah, but con conditional. He, yeah. he doesn't feel the need to explain himself unless somebody asks, which I'll make sure well, like down. Well, now, that, now that I've started saying this, now I do feel a need to explain myself. <laughs> I'm being really self-conscious. <laughs> oh, don't don't worry about a thing, my friend. Um, oh my god. Oh, god damn it. There was a point that I just had in terms of like doing things in the wrong order. Oh, right. Okay. I remember now. So the partner or lover of mine who I was talking to, she was saying about part of her, like she learned to lie and hide herself to you know live and survive her upbringing, obviously. But now there's all she enjoys it, which is something that I think with a lot of disordered people, they get the order wrong. It's you learn the behaviors you need to, to survive your circumstances. Yeah. And then later you decide to enjoy them or you decide to find them powerful. Or you say, this is what makes somebody worthwhile because this is the thing I'm really good at. Mm. And so for her, she was talking about how sometimes she just likes to lie just for the fuck of it or just for fun and just yeah. like amuse fuck herself. Fuck yeah, see what happens. <laughs> exactly. And, and for me, one of the things that I've noticed with myself is like I have a very strong internal code of ethics or conduct. Really? People who actually try to fuck with me sometimes like try to come at me with bullshit just to see the way that I try to twist to deal with the situation in a way that I think is fair while also dealing with them. Mm. It, and, you know, when people do that to me, I make it fucking painful so that they stop. But one of the things that I actually do identify with is in my humor with people who I'm close to, I will say nonsensical, ridiculous fucking things just to entertain myself because I just can't talk with people and just be straightforward or just communicate what I want or just be like intimate and loving and have that be the only thing. I have to just say nonsensical, ridiculous things just like out of nowhere. Like I was talking with my niece on the phone yesterday and was she asked me what floor I was on in the apartment that I'm in now. And I said, well, it's a 9,000 floor apartment building. And she's just like, yeah, I can't be like, it would fall over or something like <laughs> it would that. Fall <laughs> <over>. <laughs> That's the issue. That's the issue. It would fall over. And just immediately just comes to me and so for me like again the thing about being having a strong code of ethics is i don't tell lies because that would feel wrong to me so instead i just say totally ludicrous things that the person knows i don't mean or is clearly out there but i'm just saying it for the fuck of it because i can't just give straight answers see, see that's fascinating to me because like i so it I, I always see a pattern with most cluster b people of just kind of this dismissal of the importance of the truth uh, which mm. I share, obviously, because it's like I always say, like, what what does it matter if it's the truth or not? It's right. is the lie harmful or is it beneficial to people? That's what we should be looking at. But a lot, mm -hmm. and I never can really sympathize with that concept of, oh, the, it's lying is wrong just because it's lying. It's I'm like I'm always like, why? It doesn't feel wrong at all. Oh, okay. And, oh, oh, I okay. Sorry. Go ahead. And yeah, I mean that's most of it. And like I mean, and hell for me. Um, I, I still pathologically lie. Uh, I try really hard not to do it about anything big anymore. Um, mm -hmm. but it'll be, it'll be about such stupid stuff, right? Like I'll, 
I don't know, like I'll just make up a story because I want to say something or make myself look better. Or like mm-hmm. I, I always use the example um, like I do a billion kind of things like this, but the most common example that I do is that like, since my whole persona is like, ah, I am intellectual and, uh, you know, smart. Um, if I learn something like, let's say off a YouTube video or somebody told me it, a lot of the times I'll be like, well, in this study I was reading um, <laughs> and, nice. yeah. and like, don't get me wrong. I do read a lot of studies. Don't assume next time I say that I read something in a study. If it's about personality disorders, I probably read it from a study. Yeah. Or I, I, <laughs> I, you got the credentials. I've definitely seen like you do read your studies. That's for certain. True, true. I, I've I also just to self-aggrandize for a second. I have spoken at a conference about pathological narcissism. Everybody, just a reminder that I have more credentials than Sam Backman because of that. Oh <laughs> God, damn! Just like self-aggrandizing, taking a shot at Daddy Backman. Uh, it's just it's all in one. We love those deep cuts here. I, I should I should just be called like I should just start going by professor nameless at this point. I'm like <laughs> yeah. gonna have to change the name of the title. Um oh, yeah, that's that's the title of this episode, Professor Nameless. <laughs> <laughs> so many titles, so little time. Um, so actually uh, I've heard you say this before, and I was like, I gotta fucking talk to you about this because I think it's fascinating. So the thing I will agree with you on is I don't agree with the premise that lying is bad because it's lying. There are times where lying is instrumentally useful. And I mean, exactly like you say about sometimes it's pathological for you. When you've developed it as a defense mechanism or as a necessary component of survival, and that's now part of your persona and how you see the world. Well, okay, like you're going to fucking lie. Like (laughs) um, it happens. you, You should probably learn when it's not a good idea. Uh, And that's like, I would say discretion is more important than just banning things. But the importance of the truth and the fact that that's well, that's the thing that I think would motivate you to actually having respect for it is what is there that's actually good about this? What happens when you do that? And the example I would give is just the conversation that we're having. So knock on wood that you haven't lied about every single fucking thing in this podcast so far and you're not somebody else, which I, I need to go. I need to go. <laughs> Uh, surprise this is actually nameless's assistant he couldn't actually make it today Uh, and busy who can blame a guy so but if we're you're being honest and authentic that actually gives people something that they can work with and also truth is when you want to know people deeply it can't happen quickly it has to be built up Mm. piece by piece so it's kind of the same way as i said if i wanted to get to know nameless all the different ways that I can engage with your content, with you, uh, with people's impressions of you. It's just an endless task. And so when you're honest and authentic, you're giving people those pieces over time to build up mm-hmm. a portrait of who you are and in your depth. And other people can then relate to it or interact with it. And when you're honest, they will start seeing things that have happened to them or have happened to other people, or you can right. do useful things. It's like, you know, when you everybody knows that the park is in this place, you can actually all meet up there and have a good time and build memories in that place. If everybody thinks the park well, is in... Maybe, if, maybe I don't want them coming to the park. It's my well, park. <laughs> well, you, and that is when you lie out your ass with sweet, sweet honey and just yeah. send them on the other side of the world. But like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like instrumentally, if you have a reason to lie and not want them to find the place where the truth is great. But then there are times where when you do tell the truth and then that place or those memories can start building up and become something more powerful of time. I think that's the thing that's the most yeah. impressive because, about truth. 
Because I think that is a, because I think that's on it, that does tie into something that I show with consistently uh, with my pathological narcissism is that I feel like nobody actually knows me. I feel like people are only seeing the performance. And I bet lying is a big portion of why I feel that way is because I am basically in, like, I'm incapable of not being fraudulent. It feels like sometimes everything I do feels calculated and fake. Um, I call like, I think I could be summed up with the term fraudulence. Um, and I don't remember where I was going with that, but yeah, basically like (laughs) telling the truth, it would be, is very important in terms of feeling closer to somebody because you can actually get to know them or actually let them know you. And I mean, for example, I don't, like, oh my God. I mean, like, I'm just like thinking back to like when I was younger now and all the ridiculous fucking lies I would tell. And now I'm like, man, no wonder I don't feel close to those people. Um, <laughs> like I lied. And I, when I was in, when I was in high school, I lied and said I'd been to a dog fight. So people would think I was badass. Yeah. That's, so- that's a fucking sick lie. Yeah, I know, right? I, I, I lied. I lied and said, oh my God. Once, like, I had, like, this eff- effectively a narcissistic rage, in, um, like, in public mm-hmm. um, because somebody said that they hope my girlfriend realizes how big of a piece of shit I am. And I had, like, a huge complex over this girl. I had to steal her from a guy. That's oh, a whole man. You, story. you put in the fucking legwork. Like, you earned that. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly. like a whole. <laughs> One of the jokes that I always used to make is that if I live on like a higher floor of an apartment building and if somebody like climbs up into my roof to steal my shit that they fucking earned it. It's just like, like you put in the legwork like, you know what? I can part with that. Like you clearly need more than me. Like, you, you, know, say you deserve that more. Than, I would never be willing to put in that much effort for this thing. Exactly. Well, the, well, the issue is, is then, well, then I fucking realized that I didn't actually like her and I was just trying to feed my ego and I took her well, with her before, before prom. So that was cool. <laughs> She rejected me first. I need to prove myself I could have her. But anyway, so I had a narcissistic rage about it. And like a bunch of people were upset with me because, you know, I was having a fucking meltdown. And once I calmed down, I was like, okay, how do I get out of this situation? And I Uh lied and I lied and said, "Um, well, I was just diagnosed with early onset dementia. I I'm still not sure if that's even a thing or not. In the moment, I had I was rolling the dice. (laughs) Oh my fucking god! So I will say that my partner is like very medically literate, literate because she has a lot of health conditions. So she would have just made minced meat out of you. But that is the most baller lie that just (laughs) dropped without (laughs) I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, (laughs) Early onset dementia. and you know what? Like, this is what I say about the different skill set that you have is just like, that is really quick thinking and quick wittedness. And it's something that, like, I know that I have of quick wittedness and being able to just, like, when I get into a combat mode, I, again, I don't do malignant things, particularly like lying, because then it's, if somebody can figure it out, then that's a weakness and they have it over me. True. But I will overwhelm them by just, like, outthinking them or, like, being quick-witted yeah. or double on time and just like pulverize them into the ground. And it's just the same thing that you're describing right there, where it's just like you're in a situation and you feel threatened and your mind just moves at like a million miles a minute. Just yeah. Like you are ready and like something comes out and it's even halfway presentable and other yeah. people would just be way behind you. Well, that's the thing is that like people like normal people get really shocked when I tell them about basically how my inner monologue goes um, whenever I'm communicating with people. Like during the entirety of somebody talking to me, I'm going to be calculating how to react to it and what I'm going to say as soon as they're done, more or less. And I'm always like, my thoughts process is usually just kind of like, 
okay, well, if I say this and then we'll react like this, but just in case they assume this about what I just said, I better say this preemptively so that they know that um, I actually meant this and they think of me like this, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a constant stream of just calculations in terms of how I'm coming off and everything. You know, I um, love... I love that you say that because I also do something similar, which is in situations where I'm uncomfortable or if there's a divide between me and the other person, the calculations start firing out and I'm just like, okay, like how do I actually make this work? So the thing, something that is very different from what you've described though, is as I've gotten older and I've done a lot more self work and self reflection and being borderline, having more feelings in the first place, Mm. as I've gotten more in touch with them and more at home with myself, there's actually Again, one of the things that allows me to really go at length is I don't actually think about what I'm going to do or say in certain, like I'll prepare for talking to like you, for example, or I will think about a lot of things deeply. But then when I'm actually with somebody, I just trust myself and I'm just like, you know what? I don't have to think about it. I don't have to reflect about it. I'm just going to talk to them and let what I feel, those light feelings and impulses that bubble up, like it some inkling or intuition comes to me, it's coming out my mouth and I'll just make it work as I'm going. And so there's this processing that has to go on and I can save the calculations and reflection for when things start to get difficult or if I want to take a step back and maybe reflect on something deeper. I mean, and in fairness, I will say, because like, I feel like, eh, no, it hasn't really got better for me, but um, it's <laughs> what, what has, but like, I think talking to other cluster bees is the closest I'd get to that just because mm-hmm. like, I don't feel an insane pressure to like present as normal or as in a certain way. And at this, it, like the hiding the self aspect of my narcissism is not exactly. really as uh, necessary when talking mm-hmm. to another cluster bee. Like, um, I don't know. Do you know uh, Spirit Narc? I do actually. And I've just been talking with some of the other podcast people uh, about getting in touch with her and getting her on here. So I can, I can text her if you want. That would be great. Uh, But yeah, she, um, (laughs) but yeah, like talking to her has been some of the most just um, freeing of any conversation I've ever had, because it's like, I don't need any pretenses. I know that we are on the same level. And it's really funny because occasionally we'll still do our little narc tricks against each other to like, (laughs) like, once um she i hope she doesn't i hope she doesn't yell at me for saying this but Uh-oh. once um she was feeling insecure about something and she like asked me she was like do you think that like people react like this because they think of me as like um suck up or something and i was like oh i know what you're doing you're you're doing that thing where you pretend to be insecure about something so you ask somebody about it so you yeah. know they say yes they have to be telling the truth because you are faking being insecure but you actually want to be uh present you actually do want to present like that and you're actually proud of it god and damn they, and then she was like, how the, f- how the fuck, did- how did you catch on so easy? <laughs> she was just like, how are you inside my mind? And no, exactly. That's, that's actually something that I happens on the forums every so often is I'm talking with people. And these are people who maybe haven't had that experience of talking to somebody else who's like them. You know, like, yeah. you know, this is anybody else. So like, this is my experience. And I'll just be like, hey, like, I think this is what's happened with you. And I use some of the dialogues I've had with other people in my own perspective. And then it's like, how the fuck are you inside my mind? And it's just like, you you probably don't know what it's like to talk to somebody else who you actually feel seen by or you relate to before. Honestly, once you it's just there. And I've been watching so more of spirit nerds videos to watch, but just even from what I've seen already, I can just see like the two of you talking to each other. It's just peas in a pod. Like, you, Oh, it's great. I, I think we're getting along famously, but I do think that 
for us, we do have significantly different internal landscapes. I mean, borderline mm-hmm. narcissist, surprising. <laughs> but with the two of you, I can just see it. It's just like, oh, you guys we, just be vibing on the same wavelength. You, you should. I have like I have a live stream that's up on my channel. A couple of live streams of me and her talking up on my channel. Like if you oh, watch okay. those, you will see. Okay. You will. <laughs> I remember. Er, well, okay, I'm, uh, I'm just like dropping names left and right. But you know, uh, early morning barking. Yeah, he uh, I was talking to him. I was talking to Rich and he was like and I asked him, like, how narcissistically I come off. And he's like the only he was like, usually not. But when you were on live with Tess, all I could think was all I could think was this is exactly how I expect two narcissists to interact with each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a great fucking promissory note. I got to see this now. Uh, It's fun. It's it was a fucking I have a lot of fun with her. I I absolutely believe it. Um, so something else that just came to me, because we did say it before that we got to do multiple intros. And uh, so we should do one here, but I figured I'll let oh, you take what if a I do? At- yeah, what if I do my intro? I'm going to throw people off. I I literally was about to say that. And so, I mean, again, we're just vibing. Like, we understand each other. I'll let a master take over. All right. <clears throat> a year's worth of experience in one go- Like, literally, I'll start to say my intro, and I'll, like, dissociate. Like, I don't think I don't have to it anymore. It just spills out. You're just thinking about, like, your breakfast or something, like, right during the intro. I'm, I'm, like, stressing about what I'm going to say after the intro's over. Where are my, sun- where are my sunglasses? I got them on for this. Just to like get really in the mood. Okay, actually, shit. Where are my sunglasses? Oh fuck! Oh, this is going to be an issue. My brand. Um, the sunglasses for the podcast. You got to get that look down. I mean, like, I can't, like, I can't do the intro without my sunglasses. <laughs> I feel you, bro. So, a little buddy, the nameless narcissist here once again, a simple man diagnosed with MPD, giving the facts on narcissistic personality disorder and the things that go on in my head. If you like this video, please like, comment, and subscribe. But keep in mind, I am no clinician. I can only speak to my own experiences. And today, I'm not actually on my YouTube channel. I'm somewhere else. I bet you didn't see this coming. <laughs> Holy, I didn't personally. So I am shocked, amazed, and impressed. But I'm glad to be here with you after that fantastic intro. I feel like I've heard it somewhere before. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Um, okay, actually, I just remembered what I do when I'm doing my intro. I'm watching the seconds on the ca- the camera clock because I'm always like, hmm, I wonder if I can say it faster this time. <laughs> I, st- I was. I thought you were gonna say like trying to make it identical every time, so you're just gonna be like every single time, like ha- having it perfected of like getting the affect across. And you're like, no, like this is this narcissistic thing. Like I'm always competing against myself. I'm just trying to yeah, like, every millisecond. <laughs> some, some, or like once I intentionally did it slower just to see if I could get it over twenty seconds. I was like, <laughs> I was like, somebody was like, somebody fucking uh, commented and noticed me doing it. They're like, uh, were you okay? Like, yeah, yeah. Stroke. And then, and then when they asked that, you're just like. Like, no, no, it's just early onset dementia. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we brought it back around. I'm going to. All right, that's my new. That's that's a that's a joke. I'm going to start bringing up regularly. Now. <laughs> Anytime I like, instead of saying sorry, my ADHD, I'm going to be like, oh, no, sorry, early onset dementia. <laughs> oh, it's it's so glorious. I mean, you absolutely have to. I'm trying to think if there's any other like just ridiculous lies like that that I told. Yeah, um, I mean, this is one of those things where it's just like, I mean, I got. I wonder if. Part 
okay, so this is almost a serious direction after having some fun. But I wonder if another direction in terms of being able to get over lying, like even with disorders, I think you have to normalize it to kind of embrace it and accept it before yeah. you can do a damn thing to change it. So part of yeah. it for lies would also be like, you have to embrace the ridiculousness or the necessity of it mm. or the sometimes the pain of it. Like you just got to see everything and be like, this is a part of me. Like I understand and be able to speak about it. And so being able to joke around about like, you know, this one's fucking hilarious. Really <laughs> bad. And it's just like the whole range and being able I, to yeah. be there. I think that I think a big part of it uh, related. To, I feel like a big part of it is making it so that it's not so much that it won't be as humiliating for like right. a narcissistic person. Because yeah. you any all the people that I told that lie to, they will never know that I uh, I just made that up on the spot. And I'm praying that they have just forgotten <laughs> about it. Um, it. It's a secret that you will go to your deathbed literally, on unless like, any of them I, listen to this fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'm gonna give like a, a, a just a volley of texts after this, being like, Jacob, you asshole. <laughs> oh, I did that. Sorry, I forgot because of my early onset dementia. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> then fuck it because like but yeah that's the thing is that like i have many lies i have told throughout my life that like are literally just part of my narrative now just because it'd be so humiliating to actually go about them and for narcissists we're so particularly vulnerable with that you can see why we would just kind of like stick to a denial um stick to denial if confronted with a lie because it's like we cannot tolerate it right and you know what this is actually one of the things that i've said a lot uh in terms of a broader point about asking disordered people to change, a lot of people say, well, why can't I get him to open up with me or her to stop lying to me or them to stop like abandoning me and coming back? And it's yeah. one of those things where they're like, if I just talk to the person, if they just get it or something like if I show them the alternative and it's like when you're asking <laughs> somebody to change, you are not asking them to change that behavior for the future and just for you. You're asking them to undermine the entirety of their persona, tools that they use, the things that they've done before, the things that they know they're going to have to do in other situations after. You're asking them to change this yeah. core critical uh, part of them that's touched on every single aspect of their lives. Yeah. You're asking it, them to do it just for your dumbass. And well, and like it feels like an attack. Well, like, oh, especially for me, it's like, it's like, oh, well, like you did this thing and it affected me in this way. It really hurt me. I'm not hearing that you're hurting. I'm hearing you're a piece of shit, Jacob, because you did this thing that was wrong and bad. What? And so, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And so like, obviously, like, because again, shame sensitivity, I'm going to get defensive. I'm going to like, it's going to come off like denying or dare I say gaslighting <laughs> um, because, <laughs> because, uh, because I'm simply trying to, from my perspective, defend myself from a attack and you know part of it isn't even i think like obviously a lot of it is the shame sensitivity but even that aside remember what i was saying about it being a core part of you it yeah. feels even aside from if you get sensitive around shame you know that this is something that you've done you look inside yourself and these are all the memories and the history you have so they are indeed attacking and undermining you down to mm -hmm. your roots like it's not just a oh like they're calling me out like this one thing and i don't like it they are attacking the entirety of your yes. history and what yes. you've had to do in the world it is mm -hmm. that thing so like that's not wrong and i think part of what you need to do in order to coax sometimes the sort of people out is you have to be okay with them. <laughs> I, I love the coax them out i'm just like imagining like me in a box and there's some dude with like a little like piece of candy trying to like, lure me out i was just about to say okay, like, Jacob. 
I was just about to say like honey or something like that. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> part of what you need to do is you have to make it not shameful and humiliating to be honest about those things. You also have to build up some of the experiences of what it's like to be honest or to be open or to have things be light and easy and show the difference between those two things and then try to be like, well, okay, I want to do this thing with you. That other thing is you know, I understand. I see it. I know why you've done it. It's an important part of your backstory. That's not the way that I would like to engage with you. And if you can also feel the benefit of what happens when you are in this other engagement, like say people where you're like, we're going to be honest with each other. And just with us, it's like on this podcast or with Tess or Rich or other people who know you. And when you get that experience of the validation and the depth of relating to people, then you're like, okay, this is valuable. This is worth yes. and this is safe. And that can start changing. And I, th- I think the big uh, thing, I think another big thing that um, I struggle with and that I try to kind of convey to people, well, I don't really try to convey to people, but like, okay, one of my good friends who is, does not, to my knowledge, I mean, he's weird, but I don't think he has a disorder. Um, he says, yeah, just garden variety weirdness. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and like me and him get along great. And he has put up with my bullshit probably more than 90% of people I know. And I talked to him about it. Strong once. man. Strong man. Yeah. It was honestly, though, like, Jesus, I don't know how he does it. Um, <laughs> I probably yelled at him more than like anybody else in the world. Like I probably yelled at him more than his parents have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, something that he always points out is that like, Jacob, I don't understand you. And I understand that I don't understand you. Everybody else is so busy trying to understand you. Then they think that they get it. But then and then get pissed at you for still acting mentally ill when because they just do not get it. And I think right. understanding our limitations in terms of understanding and relating to people is very important so that we don't project our own, like our own motivations, our own needs, our own wants onto them or expectations. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's crucial. Absolutely. And I think this is something where even healthy people, like they get this really fucking bad where they project some of their expectations of being able to communicate and like reach across or like get on the same page Mm -hmm. or the impact that they can have on a disordered person's life. And it's just like fucking know your lane. Like there are people who dedicated their lives to this shit and they they just show up and they're like, oh, I'll be able to figure them out. Like get the fuck out of here. It's like, yeah, you don't know shit. Like, there's a reason that we're called the dramatic, erratic, and emotional cluster. It's because that's how they just perceive us like that. And clearly, I mean, okay, they're kind of right, but like, <laughs> not wrong. But, but like the but the verbiage, um, really, it, it it has like this implication of like choice. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a thing that a lot of normal people kind of fall into. They just assume that like we do these stupid things, and they're like, oh, well, they just decided to do that for the same reasons I would decide to do it. Meanwhile, like in our mind. Like, you know, our entire world is falling apart because, you know, somebody left us on red. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. And like, that's a genuine just like panic and fear for us that and and it's like like or like, for example, um, I run into this issue a lot being a narcissist is that normal people will assume I'll do something that's like emotionally dysregulated or kind of shitty or kind of snide or something like that. And they'll just assume I'm trying to manipulate them because I'm a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And that's like I and it's funny because. I, those are the people I can manipulate better. Okay, I don't try to, but these are the people that I would be able to manipulate better than anybody else because they're looking for my manipulation everywhere that I can just fucking hide it in plain sight. Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that. I mean, again, this is another thing where I 
try not to do anything that actually crosses in the line to being like really malignant manipulations yeah. or like, like, you know, we've, we've said that at length. But the other thing is when you hide in plain sight, when you just do the same thing over. And then when I do want to fuck with people, I can do subtle maneuvers that run right up to the line, but just yeah. not quite. And it's just right there in front of you. It's not a fucking thing you can do about it. And it's just like, I just, I don't have enough time to describe all the sorts of techniques and shit that I do. But again, oh. it's, also the same thing that you're saying is it's the people who come at you and they are looking for it or they're yes. already suspicious or and, already and think awesome. that they can beat you at it which is fucking hilarious when another uh, person thinks that they can like when they think that they can like keep up like, uh, no. <laughs> it's I, so fucking funny I, I I should probably not hold my tongue on this topic because we'd be going back to the stalker situation and some of the things that I think I've seen. And also just other disordered people sometimes where it's just like, if you're the aggressor and you're coming against somebody and they all, like, if you are equals, like you're immediately at a disadvantage because, like, you're the one who's put your cards on the table. You're showing what how you decide to manipulate, how yeah. you see the world. And so it's just like, yeah, like I'm never going to be the one to try to do something first or to aggress against somebody else. I will wait for you to overcommit and then I will come for you in all these yeah. directions once you've shown me what you're doing. It's the exact same thing you just said. It's the people who come at you already expecting hostility or aggression. I think the only I think the only way that I that I could consider myself proactively manipulative nowadays is why I do like information gathering. Where it's not really like, and it's not like, you know, malicious. It's just kind of like, okay, I think this will be useful information. It might be useful information later, just in case. That, that makes sense. Like for me, that's something where I guess, so to, I guess, give a bit of my grandiosity, as I said, it's hidden. But for me, my grandiosity is I don't even need to worry about anything from people. If they come at me with bullshit, I'll deal with them then and I'll win. I, just, I don't even have to fucking think about it. And that's, you know, that's a different thing. But I totally see how with the information gathering, like particularly if you're narcissistic, I mm. think that part of it is you're again projecting, like you know the lies that you have and the things yeah. where like, people poke on them, then you just be like, oh God, like I'd fall to pieces. And so you're like, I gotta make sure to be ready to do that to them mm. first before I, they do I mean, that. I always say that like I think one of my biggest talents is I'm able to identify people's insecurities better than even they can. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is the vulnerability thing that we were talking about before. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, again, like for me, I think that that's some, so I'm glad you mentioned that because that's also a trap with me where I'm willing to be open and vulnerable and put my insecurities out there. And people think that that's like my weakness so that they can come at me. But for me, it's like that is intentional. And especially when mm -hmm. I am. Because if you own it, then they can't use it against you. Well, then if you do try and come against me, I already know, oh, okay, like you've been looking at me malignantly. You've been trying to find my weaknesses. I now know where you're coming from and what you're intending. And yeah. I was doing that on purpose. Like I yes. try, I am intentional about the vulnerability I have. And I can just shut it off and just turn into secondary psychopathy instead. And you've just told me like everything in the effort that you've invested. Right. And at the very least, I can just ignore you. Like, yeah, yeah. like it, it, it might hurt a bit, but then like, I'll just get over it. Cause I'm just like, Oh, okay. I see what you were doing. Yeah. Then, oh, so you're a piece of shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, Oh, okay. Like again, it's kind of like what I said with my mother. It's like, Oh, I don't have to think about this anymore. Like, <laughs> Amazing. What a relief. <laughs> and we're done. And so it's, yeah, exactly. Like that's one of those, like, that's a, that's a hiding in plain sight thing. Why will just oh, yeah. go up to a space, be myself, it's be open and vulnerable. And then how people react 
like that tells me who they are. Because that's because th- I like I do that a lot too. The fake vulnerability, especially with people that I just meet, so that they feel closer to me. Um, because mm-hmm. and like and it makes and stuff like that, and it's just like. It's amazing. It, it, honestly, it makes me feel ashamed sometimes because I feel almost monstrous when then they feel super close to me and I just don't have that towards them. Um, and I'm like, I feel like, like, oh my, like I hate hugging people for that reason because it feels so fake. Right. I, like, like I hug them and it's like, I can like tell they're having like some emotional moment regarding it. And I'm seeing they're like hollow, just like, <laughs> I'm like, just like, like, you know, this, this is a Tuesday. Like, yeah, know, exactly. It's, it's like, you know, okay, I get, get up, brush my teeth, hug somebody, you know, walk the dog. Like, it's just a fucking chore. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, oh, what was it? Or, or another example is like, I literally can't look somebody in the eyes if they tell me that they love me. Mm-hmm. Like, I will habitually look away from them without even realizing it. Damn, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before I pro- pull on those, I just want to go back because for me, actually, it's more complicated. For me, it's not even that it is fake vulnerability, it is vulnerability. And then I'm going to wait and see what you do with it. And we're going to transition into different tracks, depending on what happens. Yeah, gotcha. So it's, so it's just exactly mm-hmm. like it's uh, it's that depth thing that I talk about. So it's like I'm looking for what's going to happen after the event. It's the shallow first impression doesn't bother me. And I'm willing to take like small hits if somebody does fuck with my vulnerability. And then I just get rid of them. So it's one of those things where it's I am like I don't again I put myself out there and I say who I am. And then the further down the road thing is, well, how am I going to deal with you? Like, how's this connection going to go? And based on how you treat that vulnerability, then it's like, okay, like I know everything that I need to know about you. I don't need to ask any other questions. So I don't care what you can offer me. It's right. You've shown your intention. Right. Right. <clears throat> it's, I wonder, like, I wonder if there's going to be normal people that are listening to this being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because like I'm like listen, because like I was just saying you're being like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's not use similar stuff. And and then like somebody else somebody else is going like I'm gonna try to destigmatize precise sort of shit. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I I think though though to any normal listeners who we have who just like are hearing us like talking about like our coping and defense mechanisms, and they're just like, what the fuck? But yeah. it's like when you're disordered, you have profound experiences of betrayal and loss mm. and abandonment and pain from an early age at those vulnerable places. It feels sorry, it feels inevitable that people are going to take advantage of us like that. So we have all these little, you know, traps, I guess, <laughs> to catch it before it can really fuck us up. Exactly. Um, I mean, I was going to say that you would be insane to the point of just blind stupidity if you didn't do anything right for those things happening. It'd just be like, you know, if from a young age you'd consistently been robbed in your home and you grew up and you just never thought about home security again. It's just like, you know, you leave the doors open and it's just, you know, you just have people over like. You shouldn't be obsessive compulsive, exactly. but that should be something where as you get older, you learn to care about it or to think yeah, about yeah. like how do I not have this thing happen again? And that kind of ties into what I was saying like earlier with when I when people didn't have my same defense mechanisms, I just thought they were stupid. Because to me it was like exactly. so obvious how cruel the world is, how like how to get things out of people and how to be able to maneuver conversations a way that's beneficial mm-hmm. towards yourself. It's felt so obvious. Um, it did. It's, it was never, I've never really been that malicious with it. It's always, it's always defensive more or less. Well, unless it's like vindictive. Um, but that's, but I also view vindictiveness as protective, right? It's like, okay, yeah, totally. I need to make, I need to set a precedent that people aren't going to fuck with me. Um, yep. And 
it's it's inter- it's interesting like i always would describe people as like um what's it called like as like math equations where it's like i didn't <laughs> like i didn't really know what they were going what like was really going on in the equation itself but i knew what numbers to like type in and what i'm going to get out and it felt mm-hmm. like other people walk up to this machine and just like slam their fists on it randomly <laughs> and i'm like what are you people fucking doing no, I, I, I understand you there, I think, a lot, which is the calculations sometimes you have to do in interactions to, like, make sure to maneuver things appropriately and not have things go poorly. And again, it's just one of those things where it's it's not even, about, like, as you said, I think particularly for, like, ASPD or narcissistic personality disorder, where those are solutions where you decide to overcompensate, where you're just like, the world sucks, everything's awful, like, people yeah. are shit. I'm going to be the biggest one. Like I'm going to be, I'm not going to be the person who gets eaten. I'm going to be the top shark that goes around, does the fucking, if everybody mm. else is going to be like this, then I'm just going to be better. And literally, that, I, uh, literally when I was, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I literally had like a saying that I had since I was like fucking like in middle school that I said, the world fucked me over. So I'm going to fuck it over twice as hard. Exactly. And it's one of those things where some people from other worldviews or perspectives, if you say that same thing, doesn't make sense. If you're somebody who has experiences of being able to cooperate and expressing pro-social attitudes and it goes well, then you hear that and you're just like, you don't understand like what you're missing out on or like love and friendship. But if you're somebody who does not have those experiences and doesn't see things that way, like your shit makes no sense. And it's just like, how... If I do the thing that you're doing, how do I prevent people from just not utterly destroying me? And like right. the onus is on you. If you're the person who the person who has the better life or perspective or worldview to say, well, how do you survive that? Because you're the one who has the experience of saying, if I did what you were telling me, I would not be here right now. Yes. Yeah. And it's and it's almost it's funny because I still struggle with this nowadays. Uh, me and some of my narcissist friends, we will talk and we'll and we still aren't convinced that like we don't just see the world more clearly than everybody else. Uh, this, yeah. this, goes, this goes back to the other thing that I was saying, though, about being able to mm-hmm. have a bunch of different perspectives and viewpoints in that. That's, that's the know. problem is you're not wrong and other people aren't wrong. Well, that's the fun. But thing. also they are. No, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Like, rationally, I know that. But yeah. it's just the way, the way that people who uh, have had normal childhood and stuff like that, how they operate, it feels so foreign. It feels mm-hmm. like almost nonsensical, um, which is which I try to kind of apply. It's like, OK, that's probably what when people tell me, like, they never know what I'm going to do next. That's probably what they're referring to. Yeah, uh, that's not how they feel. But sorry, somebody just messaged me. Yeah, no worries. You know, you got your loyal and adoring fans. We can take time <laughs> out of your busy schedule and the pod and our audience for your personal audience. To attend to. Like we perfectly get it. I just no well uh, now I'm okay now I'm just bummed out because my buddy just said he can't go to the bar tonight I'm like fuck I I was looking forward to that (laughs) if anybody is out there wants to go to the bar with me tonight (laughs) if you're Northeast Ohio I'm open this is a casting call yeah (laughs) this is my (laughs) this was just a smoke screen to try to make more friends we knew we would get you eventually (laughs) oh my god but yeah anyways sorry what were we talking about Um, oh. People's worldview is dumb. Yes. Yeah, that was the thing, precisely. Why everybody else is wrong and we're right. Yeah, exactly. The But yeah, the because uh, it, is, it, it, it is interesting, though, just how foreign those mindsets feel and how how that like how our early childhood experiences really did paint the entire world, not just the, our view of our families but the, our and ourselves, but our view of the world. Yeah. I mean, 
this is one of those things where if you're trying to work with somebody or dialogue with somebody, the onus is on you to try to figure out how you can explain something to somebody when they've mm. had this childhood, they've had these experiences happen. How could they possibly see things any differently than what they've already conceived and had? If you're trying to yeah. communicate with somebody, that's onus is on you. Like you're the one who's trying to reach somebody who has who's coming from this other place and you have an experience that they haven't had, there is no fucking way they could ever come to that on their own or see it as normal or natural. Awesome. And it's particularly when people are disordered, like that burden goes yes. even twice fold because they feel unsafe or threatened by the things that you're suggesting that they do. Like it is profoundly foreign and alienating. And that's, Bridging that divide is the thing that I'm kind of banging my head into and trying to figure out because not just for reaching other people like talking to you, but this has also been the problem that I've seen in my own life. I've always yeah. struggling of how to relate to people or just like people not getting where I'm coming from and mm -hmm. realizing that I'm the one who's going to have to do the work to bring this out to bridge that gap. It, which sucks. It, 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 you you would think that like everybody would want to do that to some degree, but then again, most people don't even realize that that's necessity. You oh, know, no. people are, exactly. I see people be like, like people be like, I don't know how I didn't notice that he was a narcissist off the bat or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's like, well, because you assumed he was like you, like yeah, how, exactly. and that's why we, and that's why you know people who are disordered also have that same mindset. We assume that everybody's like us. I thought everybody was a narcissist. Um, and it's like because it's like why would i assume anything different and even now it's hard yeah. to fucking wrap my mind around some of the motivations that people talk about like some of the like when people describe some like acts of genuineness i'm mm -hmm. always like but why did you do it you think you for attention <laughs> what yeah i mean this is exactly like the schizoid friend who you mentioned where he's just like i don't want to be noticed oh because yeah. of how people are going to view you it's like no i just don't want to be noted. And you're just like, yeah, exactly. huh? I'm like, I'm like stop speaking in a foreign language. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, oh, anywho, I have so many more things that I could say, but I think at the moment I got to run because we got a bit of a late start. So I got right. some other things to go on, but I also, I feel like if we just kept on going, we could go for seven hours. Yeah. I, think I was about to say, <laughs> like, we wouldn't stop. <laughs> Somebody's got to call it eventually. So I think that we're going to, have to have more of these conversations and absolutely get tests in the mix because I, I think will. That, uh, I'll, I'll text her as soon as I'm off here. All of us could have a grand old time. And again, it's just one of those things where the more different perspectives you can have in that practice of having those difficult conversations of navigating those different perspectives that we have and trying to communicate across right. the divide and showing for other people, like even between two people with different disorders, we have a lot that we share. There are things that are different. We use the things that we share and relate to to try and talk about the things we think the other person doesn't get and we just have a grand old fucking time and that's yep. kind of the blueprint for how to also speak across the ordered and disordered divide until mm -hmm. i would say be like not even across those divides but like uh on the same sides of those divides often you know <laughs> yeah that is true i mean some of the infighting i mean like the demonization yeah, of narcissism by the cluster bees it's just like oh. what the fuck you doing fam yeah. like, <laughs> it's like it's like i get it throw us under the bus uh to reduce your own it's like at least we're not narcissists it's yeah like, and like guys please we're, we're, we're taking turns with new scapegoats i mean tale as old as time but thank you so much for coming on the pod i've had a blast i hope you have a blast 
I did too. I had a really good time. Yeah, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Everybody who's listening, you can consider this the last intro uh, of <laughs> introducing myself and the Nameless Narcissist, having this great old conversation that you already heard. And we're just going to slide this here at the end before we take off. Does it also make it an intro and an outro simultaneously? Somebody put a scientist on it because I'm not going to think about it. I'm saying now. no, it's just an intro. Just an intro? We, okay. don't have, we don't have outros. All right, so hashtag team intro, hashtag team outro uh, in the comment section of whether this is an intro <laughs> or an outro, and we're just going to juice the engagement. Oh, I can there. do my outro. Oh, please. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All, right. All right, and everybody, take your fucking meds, please. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that. It, it I, I like... It makes me before get time. <laughs> before I figured out anything about that was the first thing I figured out that I was going to say on my channel. Like the very first thing, <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, that's an awesome, that's awesome outro right there." Oh, it's it's fucking beautiful. Now I have to think about mine because I've just been doing these lame sort of like talk to you later guests. Uh, I gotta up my game. You know what? That's why I had you on just to uh, challenge me and yeah. bring me up to higher peaks. So you know what? Thank you very much. For that. Well, don't don't hold yourself to as a high standard of me. Nobody can get there. I, I know I can't get there. <laughs> I, you're already opening my game. You know, I'm kind of looking up at you. Uh, okay, I sh I shouldn't be feeding your grandiosity right now. This, <laughs> I, I guess you should. Be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, fam. Okay. And, uh, we'll do this again soon. Thanks Sounds good, dude. I'll catch you later. <laughs> right, bye. The makers of PD Raw accept and embrace our guests and respect their honesty. Please be aware that understanding the hurt that makes people want to act out is not the same as condoning destructive behaviours. In fact, we hope that this podcast will contribute to helping people overcome negative and harmful patterns in themselves and in others. PD Raw is a project run by unpaid volunteers. We would love some help with paying for the podcast app. If you would like to donate just a small amount towards the cost, please click on the small globe icon in the top right of the podcast homepage. Thank you.